Welcome to All Write in Sin City, a podcast about writers and writing in the Windsor, Detroit region. Your podcasters today are Irene Moore Davis, author, educator, and local historian, Sarah Jarvis, former bookseller, publishing rep, and literary festival chair, and me, Kim Conklin, Windsor based writer and filmmaker. takes place online in the era of physical distancing. Our featured guest today is Marc LaLiberté. Marc is a Canadian artist, writer, editor, and graphic designer, and the creator of The Four Panel Project. He curates the strips that appear on fourpanel.ca, and as project founder is also an active artist participant. Recent books include Brick, Brick, Brick by Book Thug, Gray Supreme 01 by Koyama Press, A Semantic Asymmetry by Anstruther Press, Book Book Above Ground, and Explosive Comic, Swimmers Group. He is the owner and operator of Pop Noir Editions established in 2016, which publishes art books, comics, and other creative ephemera. Pop Noir's newest book is Four Panel Three. Welcome, Mark. Hello, everyone. So you're an artist, writer, editor, graphic designer, curator, and publisher. How do you carve out time for your writing in the midst of all of that? Do you have a particular routine that you follow? Um, not really. Uh, I think that I work pretty non-linearly and uh, I work on a lot of projects at once. So oftentimes uh, there's a really wide range on how, how long it takes to complete something. It could be a couple months or it could be a couple years. And I'm perfectly okay with the idea of projects sort of rolling and developing slowly over time. So when, when, when one project speaks to me, I throw my energy towards that. And uh, on a different day, I might be working on something completely um, unique. Uh, and um, deadlines really help to kind of push you to the final spot on, on a given project. But otherwise, I'm pretty happy with just kind of working in many directions. So tell us more about Pop Noir. What led you to establish this press and, and how did you come up with a name? Sure. The press happened quite organically. Uh, I guess I've been publishing in one form or another for more than two decades. Um, and uh, I never really had a press name. Um, uh, oftentimes I was looking to frame my own work um, around uh, a self-published sort of thing. And eventually I started using the term pop noir sometimes to describe my work or some aspect of my, my, my in set of interests. Um, and I guess at some point, you know, I needed some little additions type thing to put on a publication or two. And uh, that might appear going back a number of years um, and then formally, when I decided to do a kind of for real press, um, something that was, uh, you know, larger, larger numbers, nicer editions, uh, offset printing, I just thought about what, what made sense to use. And I thought, well, I've already got Pop Noir happening and I'll just stick on the word editions. And uh, we kind of went from there. And that sort of, I guess, firmly established around two, 2016. It makes me feel or think a little bit about film noir. Was there any kind of feeling around that or? Um, I think we're both dipping into the same dark well. Um, 
when we use the word noir, uh, film noir is obviously the most sort of mainstream use of the, the, the word, um, which just means darkness. And, uh, and then pop is sort of that, it's opposite, right? Like pop culture, pop music, pop art. So the merging of the two just, I don't know, felt comfortable, yeah. It's very cool, yeah. So you created and still curate the Four Panel Project, an experimental comic site. Uh, sure. Could you tell us a little bit more about the site and why the Four Panel Comics format is so appealing to you? Sure. Um, so I'm the editor of a arts and literary magazine called Carousel, which comes out twice a year. Um, and uh, somewhere about a, almost a decade ago, we decided that we wanted to do a kind of a version of the um, newspaper comic strip section and artistic version of that. And uh, so, you know, traditionally those strips tend to be four, four beat constructions, um, not always, but that's sort of like what we think of when we think of the traditional format. So we just, thought like let's invite a lot of the people who are already revolving around the magazine artists and writers and and create a kind of template for them to work with and so the four panel thing made sense and then it made further made sense to just build a template that they could use uh, and artists really responded to it they thought it was you know i mean it's an easy ask uh, just do a small little strip um nothing uh we weren't looking for them to establish characters or something long form but rather to think of that four beat construction as a kind of mini poetic idea uh, like a little haiku kind of uh, gesture um, a silent comic and an, an, an abstract comic and anything like that really um, and when we got it all sort of in it would like it was really rigid right because the the template had sort of automatically made things talk to one another not only strip to strip but between strips and when it laid out in print it looked very formal and uh, people really liked it it became one of the more popular sections in the magazine uh, but have only doing two issues a, a year and primarily being a literary magazine there just really wasn't enough space for the kind of um, growth of the project so it kind of made sense to look to the internet to sort of solve that problem and um I guess that's been going for a number of years now and there's like a couple hundred strips from people around the world on the site and it's all free to access. And, um, you know, it's amazing how many times uh, someone surprises me as an editor um, to just do something new with that four, four panel space. Um, and then later it just made sense to take the people who are most excited and most sort of invested in the project and to give them more space back in print and that flipped back into my press. Um, so I, my first, one of my first sort of more formal printed books was a, the four panel one, uh, which is the only time I kickstarted a project. And it was a very successful Kickstarter for me, uh, for the press. And um, just sort of spoke to the idea that there is really indeed an audience for that. So that book had four artists um, doing completely different sections uh, of 16 pages of the four panel strips. So some of them came together as like full stories, strip by strip with like these really rigid beats and other things were just a collection of formal, formally visually kind of connected strips. Uh, 
everybody in the in the print version really i think amazingly carves out their own space and that's really what the joy is about the anthology to sort of see this simple idea like you're going to do four panels on a template and that's going to encompass a single idea um but how do you how do you extend that over 16 pages what do you choose to do and you can do anything as long as you stick to that to the template of the of the strip itself well, you did touch a little bit on the fact that you have artists from all over the world that participate in this project. How do you select the artists that form part of the collaborative? Well, at first it was, um, again, it was an extension of the kind of relationships that I'd already established with Carousel over time. So I'd had a kind, my eye on my kind of, um, uh, my presence, they were sort of a part of the presence of the magazine already, you know, they'd appeared, they'd showed interest, uh, we'd worked with them in some way. That was sort of the initial group. And then as the social media sort of side of things kind of happened, uh, people started sort of coming to us and sort of saying, hey, I'd love to do a four panel strip. And generally speaking, I almost never said no, um, at least in terms of providing the strip and sort of saying, let's see what you can do with it. And if we like the work, we published it. Um, and then over time, we've done all kinds of interesting things like uh, Humber College in Toronto uh, wanted to do a project with their students. And so the the same template became a kind of educational tool in a way, like, although largely we were asking the students to do the same kind of thing that our professional people do. But we kind of ran it as a contest and we ran it as a part of um, one of the classes and we published our kind of favorite four or six or whatever it was. And uh, it kind of goes from there. Um, as I've kind of like lost energy or you know kind of had moments where I didn't have the attention span I've asked guest curators to do um to do things for the for the site so most recently we had uh Kim Juha who's a Canadian Korean person curator uh living in Canada with a lot of Korean ties and I think right now might be back in Korea but anyways um Kim did a kind of 16 panel section for the last issue of Carousel and also that ended up on our website as a kind of curated feature so um she totally brought people into the journal that I never would have known about um to the project and so that's kind of interesting yeah so Pupmar's latest book, Four Panel Three, focuses on Toronto-based artists, and each of the artists presents a collection of new four-panel strips in a self-contained section of the book. Can you tell us a little bit about who the artists are and what kind of themes they're dealing with in their sections? Sure. I'll do the roll call. Uh, we have Marta Chudolinska, who I believe actually um, has appeared at the BookFest in previous years. Uh, Jean Demers, um, Aaron Linton, Dakota McFadzine, who I think also has appeared, and Brian Rappel. Um, so when I started the project, I was living in Toronto. Um, last year, I moved back to Windsor, where I'm originally from, but uh, I was in Toronto for a good decade and a half. And so when all of this was established, that was sort of um, the central place where where i where a lot of the artists were coming from 
but in print, we'd never really looked at anything geographically. We've been very blurry about our boundaries. And I guess for the third issue, in terms of trying to find a new way in, we just thought we would step back into Toronto specifically and um, just try to find people uh, again who, um, you know, who, who we hadn't worked with uh, too much, but who'd already kind of established a really good sense of the wanting to explore the strip. And, um, and we just sort of, as usual, gave them the space and time to do that. What's your next project? We have another book that's completed um, that is a silent comic, a silent sort of um, long form panel experiment by a Toronto artist named Scott Carruthers. And it's kind of 80 pages of, um, you know, densely narrative imagery with a kind of silent, uh, silent approach to, to the read. Um, so that book is printed. They were, they were both printed at the same time. And, uh, you know, it's been a hard year, right? 2020 has been very strange. And um, because we're printing graphic novels and there tends to be a lot of color and, and, production techniques on the books we 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 have been printing them in china which is um which is interesting because uh i really heard about <laughs> the co this the covid thing sort of before it really seemed like anything real um but we had we had things happen in january while we were in production suddenly we were finding out that the press like usually the print sh- printing company shuts down for chinese new year but then they just didn't open again. And I was hearing about this virus. And um, so there were, of course, many delays with the book and shipping it over from from across the world. And these books were, were on schedule to launch at the Toronto Comic Arts Festival in March. But um, really, we've held them back to the fall here. So, so those are our two books for the year. And they're in place and they're, you know, we have the, our physical copies and we're ready to roll. Um, looking forward, uh, a few years ago, we did a book with uh, Jessica Bart- Bartram and uh, we're doing her next book. She's sort of in the process of working on it. And it's, um, you know, I think, I think I've always, I'm really excited about Jessica's work. Uh, and that'll be the first repeat um, author that we've had in our lineup, I guess. Um, we're doing something locally uh, with uh, someone who I go have very long roots with, uh, an artist named Gustav Morin. You know, I've I've actually been the designer on several of his books, and uh, he's uh, very uh, his work is very visual, but it's but he's not a computer guy in any way. So when one of his books comes together, there's a there's a lot of work to be done on the design end that is untraditional, I would say, where it almost veers towards collaboration. And so for the new book, uh, I'd, I'd known because I'd worked with his originals so often and because I've been so familiar with his career, like we, we met each other in high school here in the city. Um, I've known about a body of work that, you know, is very fringe for him, like little bits here and little bits there. But I, I basically pitched him the idea of bringing that all together into a kind of comics meets visual arts book. Um, I mean, he doesn't really consider himself a comic book artist in any way, but 
Nevertheless, his kind of approach to collage and visual poetry um, plays a lot with all of the kind of important touchstones in, in comic framing and narrativity. And I think I convinced him to, to allow me to put that all together in, in a book. So when I moved back previous September, we immediately started on the project and we were meeting once a week to scan and to talk and to build this book sort of side by side. And again, that got completely halted when, uh, when COVID happened and even slightly before because um, he actually had a terrible, <laughs> a terrible flu, which we, we think and might've been COVID because he got like the sickest in his life and it was all respiratory. But again, this was in February. So who knows when it actually reached Canada and Windsor specifically. But um, the book is happening and we're, we're like three quarters into it. And it's really just a matter of waiting and figuring out how to, um, how to get it, how to complete it. Um, as I said, if it were, were another artist, we would probably say, let's get this done via email and all the tools we're using. But it is really a kind of in the room with the originals, looking at things and figuring out how to build this how to build this work. And it's a fairly big work. It'll probably be one of our bigger books yet. So that's happening. Um, and we have a few others sort of in, in their starting positions. So would you like to read something for our listeners? Sure. So that's a little bit of a difficult ask. Um, if it's in relation to the four panel project, we do, um, I do do readings of four panel and I, I myself make a lot of, four panel strips um, and I'm currently kind of pretty neck deep in in a project um, that is actually about adapting my four panel strips to the current moment like throwing them online um, via the Canada Council digital originals uh, pro program which I was which I was uh, lucky enough to get so I'm kind of like animating strips and uh I, we've played with that only a little bit online at all. So I guess I'm the test subject on how to make it all work functionally and uh, to make these strips twitchy and interesting. Um, but nevertheless, uh, unless the visuals are there, um, it's kind of hard to read them. But as, I, as we, to take it back to the start of the conversation, I do do a lot of things. And one of my side projects is a collab, a pretty invested collaborative um, writing project. And so in that form, uh, I'm one part of what is called MADE, M-A-D-E, with a kind of slash in between. It's almost like a corporate entity for a poetic, uh, for a poetic co collaboration. Um, but that is actually me and my partner, Jade Wallace. And uh, we are in the midst of putting together two books of poetry. Um, in the meantime, we've been releasing chat books like like a lot of poets are, are tend to do. Our latest chapbook is in editing at the moment and it will be released in October by Collusion Books. And it's called Zoo, two Zs, two, two Os, uh, Zoo. And um, I, I can read one, one piece from, uh, from Zoo. Although I think that we have a cleaner edited version. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to read from our, old, from our old notes here. So this piece is called When We Were Wolves. If you look long enough at trees, you will become one. A wolf chews bark 
in its Garden of Eden. To salivate at the sound of a bell, to get to the ataraxia of knowing exactly what comes next. Howling is another kind of cooing. Now is the only time it ever encounters. These teeth belong outside, under the ribcage of a small animal. Snow static, faded bunny rabbit, cottontail her in the thick dry leaves. Body like thorns with welded seams, blushing red, rare bit blanket, dreams nest in. Whatever is left of her will tremble in the blow of detrivores, resurface on the back of a mushroom whose rhizomes have grown across acres. Even the lifeless are only briefly still. If you look long enough at rocks, you will also notice that they become trees. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Look for more episodes of All Right in Sin City wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out our website, allrightinsincity.com. For information and announcements of new podcasts, sign up to our email list or follow us on Facebook and Twitter.